there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. I'm excited that you've taken time out of your day to download the podcast and listen to it, and I hope and pray that you're edified by it and that you learn more about the Bible and more about Christ. We also encourage you to like us and share us with your friends and let them know about us, and they can too can listen and tune in. We have a worldwide audience, and we're excited about that, that God has blessed us. Uh, with that and our hope is to continue to to do this for many years to come with your prayers and support and with God's blessing it will happen today we're going to talk about just let it go just let it go also a reminder of our web page there you can go and find a past podcast you can find out more about us and and support us we also are trying to start up a prayer a page a request for people who email us and ask for prayers we'd be glad to put your name up there and let other people around the world pray for you as well I'm excited about getting that started we're also now on Twitter and LinkedIn and those links you can find as well on our web page so today we're going to talk about Matthew uh, chapter 5 verse 38 and 39 is what I want to uh, to be able to read here starting off it says you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but I say to you don't resist an evil person but whoever slaps you on the right cheek turn the other to him also if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt let him have your coat also there was a an old fable dog who just could not stand to let other dogs get around him in any way shape or form he'd, he'd run them off then one day the dog came across a a large juicy steak that somehow had fallen off of a meat wagon the dog picked up the steak and started running with it all was going well until he he started across a bridge with water underneath. He noticed that there was a bridge, but there was a dog with a big, another big dog with a stake in his mouth. So he began to growl at the dog. And it looked like the dog was growling back at him. He got so upset that he went to bark at the dog. And when he opened the mouth, the stake fell into the river and sank to the bottom, never to be seen again. Only then did he realize and recognize that he, you know, he was really just looking at a reflection of himself in the water. When those feelings of, of anger rose up inside him, all he had to do was just let it go, and he would have enjoyed that stake. Jesus came with a very strong message really dealing with revenge, as we just read in, in the little scripture reading at the beginning of the podcast. Those two verses are enough to keep some people from giving their lives to Christ. They have this mindset, I'm not going to be a wimp, or no one's going to take advantage of me. If they hit me, I'm going to hit them back. Parents, when your child is in trouble, how many times have you heard, well, she shouldn't have called me a name, or he hit me first. In football, the person who usually gets the most unsportsmanlike penalty 
is the one who responds to injustice really in anger. And of course I'm talking about American football. I'm sure soccer is the same way. Although I don't, honestly don't watch soccer. But uh, I'm sure that's true with any sport. You know, the in school, I remember when I was growing up, the person that usually was in the principal's office was the one that was getting even. Because that's the person that usually gets caught. You know, Jesus tells us to, to turn the other cheek. And he's telling us to, to choose to live on higher ground and a higher level. And let God take that revenge. Think for a moment. Who is it that might have an idea of getting revenge against us today? I don't know. It could be an ex-spouse who, who did somebody wrong. Perhaps it's a brother or a sister. Maybe it's a boss or just simply a mean co-worker who has stolen your credit for your at work. I mean, the list could go on and on. Is it someone who has cheated you out of something that rightfully belongs to you? Is it someone who, who hurt you because of something that was said or done? Again, all these situations lead to a, a desire for us to want to get even or to get revenge. And some people will plot and plan for very long periods of time before they strike back. However, if you if you took that desire to get back and even with other people, Jesus would say, hey, you know what? I know that they've done you wrong, but just let it go. Just let it go. And actually, we can read here in the scriptures what exactly Jesus said. Continue in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 45 says, You've heard it was said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends the rain on the righteous and unrighteous. You see, folks, there's a lot more to following Christ than just showing up on church on Sunday mornings. To follow Jesus means to have a willingness to be obedient to God's word, even when it hurts and you really don't feel like it. You cannot be the, the weakling and follow Christ. You truly have to be a person of courage and of faith. You have to trust God to be able to, to make wrong right. Anybody can respond with a fight or a gun, but only a few of the powerful and give it over to God. I often think about the church that's persecuted in parts of the world, and we actually have listeners uh, from those parts of the world. And I pray for you to, that God will always give you the courage and the strength and, and the faith uh, to continue your fight in the struggles that you go through each and every day. Let's read here in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 17. Romans 12, starting in verse 17. Here the apostle writes, Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, 
that leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. In other words, God is saying, I, I saw the wrong that was done to you, now just let it go. But God, I, I'm talking about my money here, or, or my my character. Some people are just fighting against everything, and they hate the fact that I even exist. Well, Christ says, just let it go. They crucified me, and I didn't mumble a word. But God, my, my pride, oh, God said, you know, there's some really harsh things that were said against me too. And Jesus says, I will repay, not you. Let me go back and read the last hours of Christ's life. I mean, he was mocked, and he was lied about very publicly. Yet he never once opened his mouth and condemned or cried about it. He allowed room for the wrath of God. If you would turn over to the book of Esther, and you there you'll meet a man by the name of Haman. Haman did not know God. As far as this world was concerned, he was the top dog. He was the man, and he had it all going for him. King Xerxes had elevated Haman to the number two position in the entire kingdom. He had money. He had great wealth, actually. And he was higher than all the other officials in the king's court. And when Haman walked by, the people were to treat him with some kind of God. They would kneel down before him and pay honor to him. The king even commanded the people of the kingdom to do so. And all this praise and attention caused Haman to get a really big hit. Now, in the kingdom of Xerxes, which was, it was stretched from what we would call today modern-day India to North Africa. And the Jewish people, they were scattered throughout this kingdom. And some of the Jews had a real problem bowing down to this man. They knew God, and God alone deserved to be worshipped. And no doubt, some of the Jews bowed to stay out of trouble. But there's one man in particular that refused to do so, by the name of Mordecai. Mordecai, he would not bow down to Haman as he passed by. Now, Haman did not know a thing about Mordecai. He did not even notice uh, Mordecai was not bowing until somebody probably pointed it out. You see, there's people who love stirring the pot, especially when they're jealous. Somebody wanted Haman to know, well, you cannot be all of that because there is a Jew by the name of Mordecai who never bows down when you go past. Haman probably responded, where is this Jew when I pass by him? And the next time that Haman goes down that route, he cannot enjoy the praise he was receiving because he was too busy looking for Mordecai, who would be standing up. He's writing and looking as the people on the left and, and the people on the right are, are kneeling down. And then he spots Mordecai standing. He looks at Mordecai the whole time as he is passing by and, and probably gets a little hotter and a little anger builds up inside him by the minute. The rest of the trip, all he can see is that Mordecai is standing, 
and I'm sure he's thinking in his mind, how dare Mordecai embarrass him or disrespect him? How dare that Jew do that to me? One of the things that, that leads us to being hurt is we have a higher opinion of ourselves than we really should. Haman just knew that he was somebody and everybody was going to worship him and give him respect that he thought was due to him. You know, sometimes we forget. You know, we really are not the most important person that we really think that we are. Some of us think we're legends in our own mind. and Everybody can think of somebody who probably thinks along that, that direction. You know, if we remember, we are here to serve Christ. And we are to serve Him in every situation that we find ourselves in. We realize there's plenty of insults that will come our way. And yet, often we have to do is just let it go. If someone spits in our face, most, most of us would forget all about Jesus. We would call down the thunder on that person. This may be our moment of true faith in our life. Somebody might turn to, to Christ depending on how they observe our response. Can we remember that they spit in the face of Jesus more than once? And Jesus, he didn't spit back. He didn't raise a fist or curse them. fact is, he kept his mouth closed. Sometimes we forget those who treated Jesus the worst were his own people. People who were Jewish. People who claimed they knew God. People who claimed they were worshiping and honored the one and only true God. And we can see that in the church today. Those very people who, who claimed to be God's people were many times over worse in their treatment of Christ than perhaps Gentiles were. Because they really should have known better. The Romans really did not know him and perhaps didn't know any better. They were just carrying out orders from uh, Pilate. Haman took Mordecai's actions as, as spit in his face. And he was so angry. Just killing Mordecai wasn't going to be good enough for him. He wanted to kill every Jewish person, man, woman, child, boy or girl. It didn't matter. The elderly, whether they had bound down to him or not. He was willing to pay a large sum of his money to the king's court to help the people carry out his evil plot. He will go and he will convince the king that there's a certain group of people that were a threat to his kingdom and did not deserve to live because they would not obey the king's laws. He did not mention Mordecai's name because he probably did not want the king to know that this was really a personal a get-even plan, a vendetta, some might say. He, he didn't even mention it, that it was Jews that he was after. He just simply called them a, a certain group of people. The king accepts what Haman said, and he will let Haman write out the law. Haman, he has dice rolled to decide what day and month this massive slaughter of people was going to take place. It was going to be on the, the 12th of the month of Adar. Adar would correspond with today, the month of February in our modern day calendar. When somebody is planning 
for your downfall. Just remember this. God was planning for you before they ever started the plan. Which means their plans cannot overrule God's plans. God knew this day was coming. And Haman did not know that some of the facts that were involved. Sometimes when we plan on getting even, we do not know all the facts involved either. He knew Mordecai was a Jew, and he did not know that God had arranged for Mordecai to adopt his daughter, who eventually became the queen. Before she became queen, Mordecai had told Esther, Do not tell anyone that you're a Jew. Do you think Haman might have acted differently if he had known all the facts? What facts are you missing? What facts do I miss in our plans? Esther, if you haven't figured out, we're in Esther chapter 5. We're going to be reading there in just a minute. Esther will decide to risk her life and speak for her people. She does not do it all at once. She will ask the king if, if she could please invite him and Haman to a banquet that afternoon in which she had prepared. And she wanted to ask him for just one favor. And the king says, of course, we can have that banquet today and whatever you ask for up to half of the kingdom and it will be yours. Now Haman was, he was on cloud nines, we might say today. He, he, was, he was rolling high. He, he got into this personal banquet. He got a personal invitation from the queen. And the only people who were going to be there was just the king, the queen, and himself. And he couldn't wait to go home and brag about it. When the king asked her what it was that she wanted, Esther would reply, If you're going to grant my request, please, you and Haman, come back tomorrow to another banquet, and I will tell you what I want then. And the king responded, Well, you know what, that's no problem, I can make it. What about you, Haman? And Haman replied, Oh, king, Nothing is more important than a banquet with you and the queen, so I'll clear off my calendar or whatever I had planned. I'll be there. You know, Haman probably went home that day, and he called all of his friends together in his family, and he started bragging about who he was and what he had and how the queen had invited him to the king's personal banquet. And he brags and says, You know what, tomorrow uh, the queen has invited him in the king to another personal banquet. He brags, even tomorrow I will have this banquet again. And, and the king and the queen, they're just excited to be with me. I mean, listen here. In Esther chapter 5, starting in verse 13. Yet all this does not satisfy me every time I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then his wife and all of his friends said to him, had the gallows fifty, foot, 50 cubits high and made in the morning and asked the king to have Mordecai hanged on him. Then go joyfully to the king's banquet. And the advice pleased Haman. So he had the gallows built. Do you see how you rob yourself of enjoying your blessings? By holding on to the, your desire for revenge? All this man has, uh, he's a prisoner to Mordecai. 
who still has it in, wants him in chains. If you, if you have hatred and unforgiveness in your heart, you are stealing from yourself. Because, you know, all the blessings of God in the world are not going to set you free. And Haman still had a chance to let this thing go with Mordecai. But he's not going to. Oh, no. He is set. His heart is set on revenge. He is full of hate. He doesn't care if there are any consequences around him. He has placed himself into the position as judge, jury, and executioner. His family could see uh, he's going out of his mind if he had to wait 11 more months to get even. The purpose in such tall gallows was to it would be teach everybody a lesson who saw it. And it would be visible from all directions at a pretty good distance. This method of execution would demonstrate that Haman was in control and that no one should stand in his way or face the similar consequences. Haman probably said, Now this is a plan I can go with. Yeah, oh boy, I like that. Yeah, I can have a good time with the king and queen after that. But don't forget, when others are making plans, God is also making plans. That very night, King Xerxes, he, he's not going to be able to sleep. And he doesn't have a television or a shortwave radio to listen to. So he calls in a couple scribes to, to read to him what had been taking place in his kingdom behind the scenes. And they came uh, to him with a very interesting story about two traitors. These two traitors had plotted against King Xerxes and they would have carried it out their plan somehow but Mordecai the Jew had exposed them. And Mordecai in the long run has saved the king's life. And the king says, wow, uh, maybe I've forgotten about that. What did we do for that that man, that fellow Mordecai who, who saved my life? He deserves something. Well, the king uh, will find out, well, we really didn't do anything for him. What a guy. He saves my life and nothing was done for him. Apparently, this weighs heavy on the king's mind, as we read here in chapter 6 of Esther, starting in verse 5. The king's servant said to him, Behold, Haman is standing in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said to him, What is to be done for the man whom the king desires to honor? And Haman said to himself, Whom would the king desire to honor more than me? Then Haman said to the king, For the man that the king desires to honor, let him bring a royal robe which the king has worn, and the horse on which the king has ridden, and on those head a, a royal crown has been placed. And let the robe and the horse be handled, handed over to one of the king's most noble princes. And let them array the man from the king desires to honor and lead him on horseback throughout the city square. And proclaim before him, Thus it shall be done. 
to the man whom the king desires to honor. Haman must honor Mordecai here, and I'm sure this really, in the end, just really jerks his chain. Then the king says to Haman, Take quickly the rose and the horse, as you have said, and do so for Mordecai the Jew, who is sitting at the king's gate. Do not fall short in anything that you have said. Can you imagine here, all of a sudden, Haman's pride uh, takes over here, and he has forgets all about Mordecai, for maybe just for a moment. He thinks, surely there's nobody the king could possibly want to honor more than me. Can you imagine the mindset this man has? And, and so he thinks of something that would elevate himself in the eyes of the people. Haman was all ready. He was ready to put on that robe and that crown and, and to prepare himself to get on that horse that the king had ridden on. Can you imagine how his mouth might have dropped open to the floor or the shock in his face with the king's orders? This is probably Haman's last chance to just let it go. This thing that was uh, in Mordecai, and he had to admit that he was wrong, but he really doesn't take it. Haman is the top prince in the land. So he is just the one who has to walk around leading a horse with Mordecai riding on it. Can you imagine the, the embarrassment in his life at this moment in time and the laughter he heard in the crowd? I'm sure he really could not wait for this uh, procession, this per little parade to the city to end. When he went home and he told his family and friends about it, their story changed. All of a sudden, they started to tell him, Well, you know what? This really doesn't look good for you. You should ha just let it go. And Mordecai, this is going to be to your ruin. The king's servants, they arrive to pick up Haman to go to the banquet. And they are all eating and drinking and, and King Xerxes, he's just dying to know what his, his queen wants from him. What is Queen Esther uh, going to ask for? Read along with me if you have your Bible there. Uh, Esther chapter 7, verses 4 through 10. I ask this because my people and I have been sold to be destroyed, to be killed and, and wiped out completely. If we had just been sold as slaves, I would have kept quiet, because that would not be enough of a problem to bother the king. Then King Xerxes asked the queen Esther, Who did this to you? Where is the man who dared to do such a thing to your people? Verse 6, And Esther said, The man against us, our enemy, is this wicked Haman. And then Haman was filled with terror before the king and the queen. And the king was very angry. He got up. He left his wine and went out into the garden. But Haman stayed inside and to beg Queen Esther to save his life. He begged for his life because he knew that the king had already decided to kill him. Just as the king was coming back in from the garden into the party room, he saw Haman falling down on the couch where Esther was lying. 
And the king said with anger in his voice, Will you attack the queen even while I'm in the house? And as soon as the king had said this, servants came in and killed Haman. One of the eunuchs who served the king was named Harbana, and he said, A hanging post seventy-five feet tall has been built near Haman's house. Haman had it made so that he could hang Mordecai on it. Mordecai is the man who helped you when he told you about the evil plans to kill you. And the king said, Hang Haman on that post. So they hanged Haman, hanging in the post that he had built for Mordecai, and the king stopped being angry. If you're following along in the Bible, that's actually, I had my uh, easy-to-read version for the deaf here next to me, and that's what I grabbed. So yours might read just a little different, but it, it's the same story. All because Haman waited, really, he waited too long. He, he was too late to just let it go. The things in our lives that we're holding on to, which keep us from to living on the level that God really, truly wants us to live on. It's going to bring us all down if we hang on to that hate. Uh, John Wayne, a famous actor, said one time in a movie line, all that hate will just eat you alive and it's true our fall may uh, or may not be as dramatic as as Haman's but it will nonetheless be a fall just the same you and I we, we've got a choice today the choice is to to let yourself be set free or face that fall that is headed in our direction when Jesus died on the cross he did not only do it for you and you alone. He didn't die just for me and me alone. He died for all people's sins. So we all could have the power to live victorious today in His righteousness, not ours. The Holy Spirit can, can dwell within us and, and help us rise above the hurts and the insults in the stones that people throw and the injustices in our life. Neither do we have to become vindictive people returning hurt for hurt, hate for hate, insult for insult, hit for hit, or abuse for abuse. And you say, oh preacher, you've never been hurt like, oh yes I have, more than once, and from people who claimed they were leaders in a church. Jesus would not have asked us uh, to turn the other cheek, but he'd rather he asked us to love our enemies and pray for those who misuse us without giving us the ability to do so. We, we have to make a choice to live for Christ. Those of you who are angry today about something or looking to get even uh, about some act that was done against you, some argument, some source of frustration, why not take the high road by choosing Christ in the situation? Allowing Christ to, to heal and forgive and administer His wrath and His vengeance, which is far more perfect and stern than you and I could ever do, and let Christ see to that as He sees fit. After all, he is the king of the kingdom, 
in which people who claim to be Christian belong to. And if you're not part of the kingdom, you have an opportunity to enter into his kingdom and let your troubles turn them over to Christ and letting things go and walking as Christ walked. I would encourage you to, to repent from your sins and, and seek his righteousness. Find a, a congregation or a group of people who are truly seeking Christ and obeying the complete gospel that has been laid out that teach the entire word of God. I have a comment here from an email that says, Thank you for your podcast. I really enjoy it. You're not stuck on one topic. You, you use multiple books. And you speak in English and words that I can understand. It is not in my first language. So thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome. And I am honored that you took the time to email me and that you did. I would encourage everybody to go to our webpage and, and find out more about us and, and drop us a note and want to be on the prayer list there. Uh, on the webpage, we have between 50 and 70, 75 hits a week. And so there's our few people that are going there. And as this podcast grows, it's still fairly new. Um, I can only see that God will bless it more and more and more people can come connected. Uh, through that prayer request if we need to do that I would encourage you to do so you can find links to our our social media accounts as well on the web page we are on Twitter and LinkedIn we're still trying to figure out how to really get something going on Facebook and I would encourage you to tell others and like that like us hit that like button and subscribe button so you get alerts every time that we release a new podcast we try to have a weekly podcast that uh, posted in Chicago time uh, sometime on Saturday evening between 6 p.m. and, and 9 p.m. is our goal. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe as time allows we get more experience and things uh, how to run all this equipment that perhaps we can do more uh, podcasts per week. We pray for you who are persecuted in the church for living up to, uh, for righteousness for Christ and hope that uh, Christ is protecting you and guiding you in the direction that he needs you to go. And for all the listeners, we thank God for you, that you've taken time out of your day to listen to us. Again, may God bless you, and may he have the glory. Mm -hmm.